The blind stares of a million pairs of eyes Looking hard but won't realize that they will never see the pee <laughs> Welcome in to All Eyes on Cleveland here on the OVR Streaming Network. Uh, my name is Brad Ward. I'm your host. Glad to see you all filing into the chat. Uh, good to see you all. Good evening. We have a wonderful show planned for you. Off-season case to the man next to me. He can be read at Dog Pound Daily. He's co-host of the Barking Browns podcast. On Network 216, he's also co-host of Off the Leash at the PSF app. Casey Kinnaman, what is happening, Case Dog? I'm fantastic, brother. This is a, a rare time for me. I didn't have to work today. I had the day off, you know, got to relax. Oh, wow. Yeah, I don't Look get that too, too often, so yeah. Living it up, brother. How are you Look doing? you. I'm all right. You know, hanging in there. Life, you know. You know how it goes. I do. Life, you know brother. Uh, but yeah, we're here though, and uh, we've got some things to discuss tonight. Good to see you all in the chat, Carrie, Drew, Keith. Nice, nice work on the uh, the edit uh, on on uh, socials before. Yeah. We appreciate that. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, so uh, I want to start tonight, Casey. Uh, we haven't really had, we kind of dug in, now we didn't really dig into this, but it's lingering out there. So, uh, this stuff is, uh, the Kevin Stefanski, two-time coach of the year, uh, the rhetoric around his job is just, uh, this, uh, notion that Albert Breer put into the universe about uh, him not having any control over the 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 coaching changes and uh, him not having any control over um, play calling like as if this is being forced on him potentially yeah. uh, is kind of just out there and you're seeing it written about and, and aggregated and whatnot right uh, around so I just wanted to hit on this at the top of the show uh, because, you know, I talked about this with Pete. Pete, we watched a video on it when it first came out, buddy. And, and you know, I I don't dislike Albert Beer. I like Albert Beer. I think he does a good job for the most part. Although I found it very, I would say, I would say it like this. I found it very strange that although those moves happened right uh and albert breer is on 92.3 weekly in the afternoons um he mentioned nothing of the sort until alex van pelt was hired by the uh you know the new england patriots which is his you know home base which i you know i found kind of strange a little bit um he said it as if it was fact and I don't think that that is, I think that's a reach. I, I, 
I think Kevin had, if Kevin didn't want to make a change, let's just say this. I think he has enough juice in the building that if he didn't want to make a change, he wouldn't have made a change. You mean the guy who's won two coaches of the year in his four years in the league? Yes, that guy. You can be, you might have a little pull. Yeah, we've yeah. been here before, though, right? Like this, that that exact situation. Yeah. In 2017, after you go 0-4, Hugh to keep his job was paired with a offensive coordinator that he didn't choose, and Todd Haley. Correct. A shotgun marriage action. Lot different situation, though. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. Like, the, so we're thinking that's what's going on here. Like he had no say, and it was like AVP or else hit the bricks. That isn't what happened, man. It, it so, can't it, be. The narrative painting is odd because, like you said, nothing was mentioned about this until AVP landed in New England. I don't think that's coincidence. I think that, that, that that's why the narrative was painted when it was painted. To put uh, to put a spin on it that, you know, the Patriots got a steal, you know, type, type thing. The, uh, and I'm not saying AVP didn't serve, a, a, you know, do his job to the, to the fullest in Cleveland. We don't know exactly what his job was, yeah, per se, yeah. Uh, but he was what he was well liked in the building. Everyone talked well about him. No one, yeah. it wasn't like a good riddance type thing. It's sometimes you go as far as you can with a certain thing, and to go to a next to the next thing, you have to change some stuff. And it would just so happen that that's what they felt like needed to be changed. You know, like there's only so far Kevin could get outside of his comfort zone with the people that he had surrounding him. Correct. You know? Correct. I think that's I think that's why the move makes sense to me. Yeah, and at some point, like there's too there can be too much overlap in a staff. Like mm -hmm. AVP very much knows and, and and runs the same you know principles stuff that Stefanski does, and and while that was a great relationship, I just think that uh, and they didn't you know the the reports are they didn't even. Really fire them. They asked him to no. take a demotion, which they had to have known was going to go this way or could go this way because he does have enough clout to obviously go get a play calling job in New England, right? And you know, not, but like to say that this was forced upon by Jimmy Haslam and Paul D. Podesta the way that Breer framed it. And then now people are aggregating and running with. Even yeah. still, now I'm reading stuff about, you know, uh, the shape of the Browns organization. And I just think it's gotten crazy out of control and that I don't think he would have done this. I do think that, you know, to Pete's point, he's ultra competitive and looking for a way to because really they're right back in the same spot they were last year as far <laughs> as creating an offense around Watson. Whatever they did last offseason case didn't work. Because yeah. they reverted back to mm -hmm. Stefanski stuff quickly. Now, yeah. that may have been like, I think that was him looking out and seeing Watson not be totally ready to go yeah. five wide and I'm picking apart defense. Like, and so, okay, what do we do? We're going to kind of fall back into what we know best. That's kind of how I felt that it went early in the season. Um, and then they never really got back to it as much as they would have. But I feel like uh, this this narrative has just gotten wildly out of control. It could also be that when he looked out there, 
and they weren't executing it, that he didn't think that they had, the, they implemented it correctly. You know, like there was, there was a new, it was new for them as well. That's not in their modality. Five wide, yes. spread them out, you know? No. So they might've got out there and like, man, we didn't think of these fail safes. We didn't think of ways to pivot here and pivot here. And, you know, so he, he basically just put training wheels back on it. Yes. On the bike. That's, yes. That's basically what he did. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, and to buy the moves they made with the coaching and, and the staff, it kind of points to that. It kind of points to, we didn't do this right last off season. We're going to put the people in place to get this thing truly up and running. And that's just the way I see it. That's how I see it too. 100%. I, I just thought it was worth mentioning, you know, hmm. um, and then I guess more of the one now that I'm hearing is, is less about that, but more about like, Hey, you know, they're going to dictate They're Like I keep hearing people say, Oh, they're going to take play calling away from him. No, I don't. Nobody's taking play calling. Away. First of all, I don't. I think he will call continue to call plays. I, I, yeah. I do. I do believe that. Um, unless it gets like the the offense is so different that he feels like Dorsey is more has a know, better grasp grasp on yeah, yeah, better, yeah has a better grasp yeah. on calling those plays. But mm-hmm. I still think like if you hear Deshaun talk about. Stefanski in his helmet. Uh, if you hear Deshaun Watson talk about how smart he thinks Stefanski is as a football guy on his podcast, which we've been watching on React a lot, mm-hmm. like I, I just think like that relationship is a, is one already in place, and there's some trust there between the two. I think that you gotta gotta keep that going um, if you want this to work long term. Once again. It, hypothetically, and I'll say this again, and I always say it with like, hey, if you're if you find your offensive guy and you put him in your head coaching position, it makes the most sense to do so because you can realize true continuity. Like, mm-hmm. whereas if he's your OC, he'll always be moving on to that next job w- when success is found. Right? That's just the way the NFL is. So if Dorsey isn't calling plays, sure, he may move on at some point. But you've never, you know, you're not, it's not an adjustment if, if the coaching chat staff changes again underneath them, it's still Stefanski is that common denominator, that same voice in your helmet, that yeah. same, like, uh, you guys are need to be able to see the field the same through the same lens. Yeah. You were the first person I heard bring that up and it was a few weeks back and I, I had time to think about it cause I never really thought about it in that manner. But when you look at the elite offenses around the league, that's a pretty common thread. It is. The head coach is an offensive mind. And in most cases, they're also calling the plays. Uh, and they have offensive coordinators, and those offensive coordinators do get jobs elsewhere, but the show rolls on. You know, that's – I mean, McVay's swapped out OCs several times. Yes, yeah. Several times, you know, and it's it hasn't changed. The, like the, the continuity is still there. Yeah. Same voice. This it's just, and it keeps that momentum going. And and that's where I'm at. Like I'm I'm not here to say that, you know, Kevin's I'm not saying he's Shanahan. Shanahan right. light, I think you could give him pretty much any above average quarterback and you're gonna be competent. I you agree. Might not be world beating, but you'll be competent. Yeah, I, I I think he's great. Like I'm a big Stefanski fan and what he accomplished this year and what he's accomplished since he's been here and he, I think he's overcome it's hard to win in Cleveland and it's hard to win over this fan base and you know he's seen a lot of 
challenges and people calling him out, and he's still seeing it now, right? Even after two coaches of the years, he's still getting this this uh, rhetoric around him, and and I, I just uh, I find it nonsensical, mm-hmm. and uh, I think that uh, and Keith Keith, you know, that's fine if you think that if you guys and you're entitled to your opinion. A lot of people think that Dorsey that the wind is blowing towards Dorsey calling plays. I have, I've heard that a couple different places. Uh, I heard it on 92.3 The Fan. I, Keith says that. I don't... I just don't see that. I, I guess I see Dorsey as more of... And not to take anything away from what he's doing, uh, Casey, but I'm going to say that I see Dorsey as more of a glorified quarterback's coach. Quarterback's coach. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's where I'm at. Uh, we actually had Jeremy Gruffo on Barking Browns. He works. He's a uh, the founder. Of Beware the Stampede. Yeah, and we asked it was you know picking his brain about Dorsey. And there are some elements that Dorsey will bring to this that we don't currently have. I don't know that Kevin has a feel for calling RPO. I don't know that he does. How much RPO is going to be implemented yet to be seen. But yeah. I think we could both agree that it needs to be part of the offense. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, so so it's all about what 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 Kevin's not used to, his comfort zone, what he can get used to in play sequencing with these new concepts that we really haven't utilized before. We we thought there was gonna be RPO last year. We were told there would be. Season came. I'm still waiting for it. Didn't happen. So I do think that that'll be that'll be something to watch. Is how how many new things will be introduced? You know, I, I do think that there will be a healthy amount of of shotgun gun run. Uh, spread them out. There's still going to be 12, though. There's going to be 12 personnel. That, that's that's Stefanski's baby, you know. And Dorsey ran a ton of 12. Now they like to want to have one of their tight ends be that uh, power slot, you know. And so that might mean that it might dictate the type of personnel you go and get. Do you think Jordan Aikens can do it? Because if not, you're going to need to go get a guy. Because um, and you could do that with Njoku, but Njoku's proved to be such an invaluable blocker. It's kind of hard to move him from the end line right now. Yes. It's, you know, so it's, it's going to change things. I still have faith that Stefanski can grasp it. I don't think that it's going to be a, no. such a broadly different offense that Stefanski's going to be swimming and, and not, you know, I think I think he'll get a feel for it rather quickly. Um, but would I be, would it, would it, I don't think the door is shut to who's, you know what I mean? Like it's locked. This is the way it's going to go. Get used sure. To it. I think it's when they start digging into the stuff. When these guys yeah. sit in these rooms and develop this new playbook, you know, that, that that's when those questions will be answered. I do ultimately believe it will be Stefanski's gig, though. Yeah, I do, too. Now, that's not to say that, like, it wouldn't totally floor me if they came out and said Dorsey was going to do it. I guess I maybe I'm maybe it's wishful thinking. I just get this feeling. And to OG Philly's point right here, uh, Andrew Berry flat out said it in, in a press con in that press conference. Andy Reid is a comparison long-term for Stefanski. That's the model. Stefanski is going to be the play caller, says, in my opinion, says Philly. I agree. Like, I, I agree. I think that that is the model. I think that's the model, ideally, around the NFL, if you can do it. Um, so, and if you have, I, I, I think Kevin is smart enough and adapt enough to, to, no matter what the offense is, to be able to sequence it and play call it and, and everything, and I think that uh, his calming, you know, uh, even keeled, mm-hmm. you know, sense of things is a good thing for a quarterback to have in his ear. Uh, 
Where, whereas <laughs> you flash frame to uh, Ken Dorsey throwing a uh, a uh, temper tantrum in the booth. Uh, so, uh, just kidding. I mean, I, I'm not judging him for that, but just uh, just a freeze frame. I don't know. I I just well, you you said it though when you talk about um, elite quarterbacks, that is a common thread: is they don't get too high, they don't get too low. Because those things ha- things happen in a game, and if you get swung too f- far one way or the other, it will affect your play. So to have a voice in your ear that is exactly that, yes, that is just the same, you know th- that 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 can only benefit you. Agreed. So yeah, I mean, uh, I think this whole AVP is a is was the glue guy in the. Uh, come on, are you are you serious? Are we are we serious here? I I don't know. I've never heard anything like well, that. You can't I, quantify. You know what I mean? Like just making a statement guy. like that, you can't you can't prove or disprove. Yeah, was he yeah. well liked in the building? Yeah, a ton of coaches are well liked in the building. Stump was well liked. You know what I mean? It's it's that's whatever, man. You better be well liked in the building. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, like it's, I, I guess you just try to prove you paint him not as the villain or not as the problem. You know. Because he's going to New England, and that's Spears' baby. Yeah, that's uh, they're trying to shine a a positive light on that hire. I get all that. It just uh, yeah. it came out uh, in a way that made the Brown situation look jacked up, and I and I don't get it. Uh, so. That's the thing that that's what you said earlier. He's like Cleveland's a tough place to win. I don't think it's going to be in five years. Right, you're going to be right. have such stability build over time that all of a sudden that that's that narrative will be a distant memory to us. And if, if it was so dysfunctional, why are, why are our front office guys getting GM interviews? Why why is Quezzy in, in Minnesota? Why are half our coaches in new England and the other half are going to Tennessee, Tennessee. Yeah. That doesn't happen to bad teams, bad franchises, poorly run organizations. That only happens to the ones that are like the national perception of the Browns. We still haven't been able to shake that. And that's whatever to me. But how they're viewed within league circles, completely different. Um, yeah, you're getting the Browns, uh, Browns New, New England and uh, the Browns uh, Tennessee now versions. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, uh, everybody is escaping to these places. Uh, all right. So uh, some more tackle talk. We we breached this topic, but since then have gotten a couple other opinions. I want to revisit it with yeah. you because I gotcha. think it's a – I think it's a critical talking point here this offseason of, of way, the way they go here. So, uh, Jack Conklin. So, I, I'll, I'll, I'll preface this with this. I asked Pete about this the other night, right? Pete said um, that he thought that Conklin's contract is so... Is, is so There's so much dead money there, and I think there is. Uh, I'd have to look at it. And there's so much tied up in it that it's almost untradeable. Um, and that Jed Wills, however, is not. And he, his opinion was that Dewan Jones would get moved to the left side and Jed Wills would be the one to get traded out. Because, A, it's going to be impossible to trade Conklin's contract, and B, uh, that... Um, that he basically said Jed Wills is the sixth best lineman on the Browns, so he should be the one to go, uh, as Conklin is better than Wills. 
Um, that was his thoughts. Now, Mary Kay was asked today, and she said that Conklin's contract was tradable and, and that it could be done. Um, that's where you stand, right? No, I'm, I'm saying this. I'm old enough to remember Brock Osweiler. No one's untradable from a contract. It just <laughs> depends on what kind of compensation you might have to give up to get rid of your player. You might have to give draft picks up along with it for someone to take such a gargantuan contract. Sure. Like an NBA style type thing, which is what Osweiler was. Now, yeah. I agree with some, some of what Pete said. I do think that Jed's much easier to move one year. 14 and a half or 15.2 or whatever it is, but it's like average money for a starting tackle. It isn't, it isn't exuberant, you know, and if you're looking for someone who has tackle issues, you might be able just to unload that for a year. You're not going to get a ton in return, you know, because they're taking on a contract as well. So I do think that jet is more movable, but nothing is immovable. Um, but here's my, here's my, here's the whole crux of it for me. Yeah. You have three tackles. Okay. You're paying two, one, you're paying a ridiculous contract. It was a bad contract, period. Yes. Uh, the other one's making average money. The one who's not making any money is the one that has to play. Yes. Yeah. Like you get this organizational malpractice to not get Dewan Jones on the damn field. You got to figure that out. He has to be out there. Uh, my one con- my concern is, say say Pete's right, which he might be. Just say he is. They needed to tell Dewan the day after the season ended, hey, this is the plan because he's got to convert to left. That isn't – I know right. a lot of people want to act, act like that's easy, man. It's no, not you easy. you drilling right now. No, you're you know right. You know what I mean? Like, So if that was the fast the plan, he better already be drilling that stuff. Or if not, so, it's going to be a tough year on le- left tackle, you know? And I think he'll get it eventually, but we're in a winning window, man. Eventually don't cut it. So a trade – okay, so a trade in, you know – Pre June first, twenty one million dollars in dead cap. Yeah. Now, post June first, though, it's only seven and a half. Mm-hmm. So you would have to designate him post June first, and, and yeah. that would be the way you could make this work, right? But wouldn't you still get hit next year and the year after? Uh, n- no, because. Uh, the void years will roll up. If you do it post June first, you can spread it out over twenty four and twenty five. Uh, so it's not too bad. So it's still a cap hit. It's not dead money. It, it's still a cap hit. Yeah, you're still taking a. You're still take. You'll still have the dead money on your cap through the end of twenty five. But mm-hmm. uh, like you know, you'll save almost fifteen million dollars in cap space in twenty five. By moving off of him, yeah, yeah nothing, um, nothing's immovable. It's it's a tough contract. It, it's, it's in a, my opinion, it's, it's the, yeah, the worst I mean, move Barry's made. Right now, he has void years through twenty twenty eight on his deal. Yeah, it was it was a bad deal, man. It felt like a panic move. I think that they were worried about their future at tackle. They didn't. Jed wasn't what they needed him to be. Hudson wasn't developing like they were, were hoping. So, like, okay, we'll just get this kid locked up, get ahead of the market on him and did that. And then it played out the way that it played out. But see, there's an elephant in the room. We haven't even discussed. This dude could retire, man. Like he's coming back off another nasty injury. This guy's he's been good. He tore his patellar 10 and two years ago, came back from that and then had this happen, you know, like 
man's made a good amount of money. It's not out of the, the question that he gets and gets into rehab and it just isn't coming back and he decides to hang it up. In which case the problem would take care of itself. So Keith, Keith makes, he says, isn't it smart to keep all three? Um, listen, in an ideal world, yes. However, I have been saying, you know, so last year in my mock free agency, I had them trading Wyatt Teller because I just, they can't spend this much money on their offensive line. And I think they realize that. Like, they're expending an exorbitant amount of money on their offensive line. And uh, so at some point, you have to find a way to get off of some of these deals. And this is the perfect opportunity yeah. because you have a guy in Dewan Jones who has proven that he can play tackle, right? You just got you've got to get off of one. I think you got to get off of one of these contracts. And and you know whether that means you know whatever you save in cap money, Keith. They think you can go out then and and find a swing tackle somewhere that that you know is there for depth. Because I get your point. In in a perfect world, you would want to have three tackles, right? Like, Jordan but Christian it's just, can be my swing tackle. I'm yeah, not, like I'm yeah, not even that pressed like that. I worry about moving Dewan to left. That that is a concern to me, man. I, it's a I know a lot of people want him just to push him over there, like it's like that easy. I just know, I just know that it's not. And there was a reason he moved from left tackle to right tackle in college. And can yeah, and and to to Charlie's point, can can Conklin stay healthy? I doubt it. Right. It was a bad contract, man. Like there's no way around it. So, I guess first choice would be for me would be to get off of Jack Conklin's contract because I don't think he can stay healthy. If I thought he could yeah. stay healthy, I'd say keep him. And ideally, it keeps him here, right? But if you can't get off of his, if you can't make a deal, and you do find a buyer for Jed Wills, I think you do it. I think you have to move one of them. And a lot of the chat is saying they disagree to keep all three. But I just don't think, like... You're going to pay Jack Conklin all that money to back up Dewan Jones? I don't think you can pay that much. Like, I don't think Dewan Jones should sit. That's crazy. You can't 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 let him sit. And... um, and and you can't pay one of these guys to sit. So something's got to give here. Yeah. No, I'm dude, I, I that that's the issue, man. Like there's no way you can let Dewan sit. It stunts his development. I think he has all pro potential. I don't I don't feel like I'm going out on a limb. Don't feel that's a bold statement. I know what I saw last year. Um, yeah. you got to get him on the field, man. It's all about getting your five best on the field, period. You, you think um, the Titans would be interested with uh, old Billy there? What's I don't know what Bill ever thought of Jed. Well, not know. Jed or or you know even if you want to go uh, Jack. I mean, let's let's see what he thinks. He's he's. I likes, think that's more possible. I think that yeah. that would be more possible. He would want a veteran voice that already understands the system, already understands the yeah. teaching points. Great you know, they're, they're hurting a tackle anyway. Like, look at every mock. Every mock has them taking Joe Walt or Fashanu. You know, every mock I've seen has had them go and tackle. And, and to what Pete's point the other night, like, somebody is going to spend heavy and free agency on or have a rookie quarterback coming in, you know, get a high-flying receiver in free agency and need to fill left tackle quick and easy – Without, you know, a t- so you're telling me a mid to late round draft pick, you know, to fill 
to take on that contract and fill the left guard spot in the NFL, I think somebody is more, much more likely to, to do that than Conklin, although I would prefer to do Conklin first. Yeah, Does that make sense? That's, yeah, I think it's easier to move Jed. But I think the real problem is we gotta move. We have to move Conklin because I need to want it right tackle. Um, question here from uh, Farron's KM in the uh, chat, uh, asking uh, if you think that the second round is a possibility for a tackle. No, uh, and I, I like I like Patrick Paul to Houston. I think there's a couple late day, like early day three guys that they can have their eyes on. You know, Ben Greenfield, South Dakota State, Javon Foster, Missouri. Um, even, even, dude, I think in around six or seven, you could get Travis Glover out of Georgia State. And I would love that pick. Okay. Um, I just know what I think is that second round pick is going to have to go either edge or wide receiver. I agree. Uh, Let's see, going one of those two ways. Didn't Conklin play some left tackle at one point? Um, He was drafted to Tennessee, which already had the one, so he didn't do it there. He might have played it at Michigan State. Maybe. I don't think he played in the NFL there. If he did, it was spot duty, Um, and it wasn't for us. So Look how big he is, dude. Look at that man. Look at that, dude. That's that's a unit, fam. You got – Get my dude on the field yeah, by hook or by crook. Dewan Jones has to be on the field. No question that he needs to be on the field. Uh, so agree with that 100%. Well, we just uh, did – there was a redraft, and we were doing it on sports for CLE, and Dewan yeah. was pick 111. In the redraft, he was pick 11. Like, that's 11th? what the thinks. Yeah. In the wow. redraft, he was 11th overall. To the Titans, Good. by the way, uh, who had Skaronski at that point originally. But I'm um, just – the league looks at it as that's a first-round tackle. Oh, okay. yeah. Everyone screwed up. Top 32. 15 draft pick. That's pretty wild. Yep. All right. Uh, real quickly, let's do this. I am wearing the shirt tonight. It's my favorite T-shirt. Let me look at this. Orange and Brown Report locked in, it says down there below. Uh, since uh, 99. Locked in. You lock it up. Uh, <laughs> lock it up. Uh, OG Philly, uh, reach out to him uh, for Sync Marketing Group at scott.fillinger at proforma.com. It's in the description below. His email address branded apparel, promo products, commercial print displays, and signage, e commerce sites. If you have uh, a logo, and you are doing some sort of a promotion or you want to get your brand out there or you need some uh, display or signage done for you, they can handle it for you and they will do it in, in an incredible way. As you can see, us all outfitted by Philly and Sync Marketing with uh, top, top notch uh, brands, as you can see right here. Uh, all of the stuff fits perfectly. I am wearing it on Tuesdays and Thursday nights always. Uh, I wear it uh, not only on the show, but out in public, sporting the OBR gear, uh, of course. Uh, yeah, we get off-season case some gear. You're right. It's a great point, Drew. We'll get off-season case some gear. Uh, but, yeah, it's— uh, I look good in brown, just for the yeah, record. 
for the record. Okay, good to, good to know. Uh, we got that. But, yeah, I mean, reach out to Philly. Do it. It's, it's down below in the description. His email is scott.fillinger at proforma.com. It's down there for you to just slide down and click on if you'd like to reach out, ask questions. All of this stuff is beautiful. I've got an Under Armour quarter zip. I've got a, uh OBR, uh, what is that one? Uh, OBR, um, gosh. Uh, it's got the uh, little uh, OBR, what's it say? I forget now. Uh, but it says the OBR, OBR uh, up here on this one. And that's a brown sweatshirt. And then I've got that beautiful orange quarter zip, which you've seen, I'm sure. And now I'm wearing the T-shirt tonight with the slick logo here and the locked in on there, as everybody is always is in the chat. So, uh, ooh, there might be a surprise. Look at this. The man. There might be a surprise coming Philly soon for everyone. Man. Philly is the man. Philly is the man. What? Says Paul. Yeah, you're right. Uh, but it's all beautiful. It all fits perfectly, and I am thrilled to wear it every night on here, as is everybody else. Reach out to Philly. Scott.philadraftproforma.com. It is in the description below. Thank you, Keith. Look at that. I do my best. Keith is a man of taste. He is. Exquisite taste. Uh, he does Kev, nasty work, by the way. Nasty work. He does. Great job with the edits. Uh, we got Paul subscribing tonight for consecutive months. We've got uh, Kev, Kev doing the same 27 months in a row. We appreciate you guys. Uh, what's going on here, Chris? I just don't understand. What if we have a couple injuries like last year? Uh, so are, is this in reference to the tackle? I'm assuming. Well, I would like, okay. So I think when I would say this, Chris, when you're constructing a roster in the NFL, I don't. I, I just don't think. No matter how you do it, when you go to depth, right? It can't. You can't be paying fourteen million dollars or twelve million dollars to your, to your, you know, swing tackle a, and your swing tackle can't be a guy that everybody in the NFL thinks you should have taken in the first round of the draft. So, well, something's got to give, right? So either you get off that contract and bring somebody else in that you like as a swing tackle. But you just can't, the expense is too much for somebody in a depth position there. I think you can find somebody that can fill that role if there is an injury, if somebody gets hurt just fine without having to go uh, into the double-digit millions. For a tenth of Conklin's money. Correct, correct. So I I think that that would benefit the roster elsewhere. Uh, wide receiver, edge, linebacker, corner, whatever it may be, uh, by doing so. That's just my thought there, Chris. Uh, and one right. of your backup tackles from last year, I think you're probably going to kick down to guard. I think they're going to have to kick Hudson down to guard if he can hack it. I don't think they're going to leave him a tackle. He can't play ta- He can't play can't tackle. Anchor. My guy can't anchor. He can, he can run block, great, but pass mm-hmm. protect, he can't do it. So Yep. Oh my gosh, it's going crazy in here. Look at this. Thank you all so much. We got Dan Wise subscription. Ooh, somebody gifted a sub. Who did that? Who did that? 
Thank you guys all for subscribing or for whoever gifted that subscription. It's greatly appreciated. Uh, but you guys are all fantastic. Appreciate you all for tuning in here tonight. Um, yes, Hudson sucks. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, he does. I'm not going to lie. It was you, Paul. Thank you. You're the best, man. Appreciate you uh, gifting those subs out to everybody. You are the man. Uh, that was very nice of you. Money for running back. I'm stressed about early season. Uh, option waiting for Chubb to return. So, okay, we're going to get to that. That's part of the show tonight is Nick Chubb. Don't worry. We will get to Nick Chubb. All right, next up, though, in the uh, priority, not priority of things, but next up uh, is some wide receiver rumors out there, right? So we've got mm -hmm. some rumors. Mary Kay Cabot, once again... Hitting the, uh, <laughs> she says that she can see this man, Mike Evans, in the orange and brown. What do you think about that? Look, I'd be all for it, but the, the price tag's going to be ridiculous, and he's going to get him, like, on a what, a two-year deal at 20, 22 per, you know, like, I think that's going to be the going rate for a Mike Evans. Uh, you're going to have to restructure a ton of contracts to get to him. I do know that. Feels like a pipe dream, right? It does. Feels like a Hail Mary. Uh, but you're in your winning window. Like, look, man, if you're going to go all in, go all in. But, like, just to get him to the point where you can offer him, you're going to have to restructure a shit ton of contracts, which they're going to do, by the way. They will do, it'll, yes. It'll be in tiers. Like, they'll do this first tier just to get to level, and then they'll get some to give them wiggle room, you know? Uh, you need a, a, a ton of wiggle room to even offer Mike Evans. And then at the end of the year, they'll do the rest of them for rollover cap and pay off some of that doing that. I mean, they have they have it. the system down. I mean, they are working it to perfection. That, so. That's the thing is when, even when they when they write these contracts up, they know what years they're going to restructure those. That's yeah. all. This is all part of the plan, man. This is all well thought out. I know people feel like they're winging it. People panic because they'll be like, oh, man, we're over. Bro, they know how under they're going to be. They know where this is headed. Um. Keith, we will get to Newsom as well. Um, and the Larry, are restless, they, Brad. Larry, they will be under the cap. Don't worry, buddy. They're going to have like thirty Facts. million dollars to spend. Facts. You'll see yeah. a graphic at some point where, we're, where they're one of the top teams with money. Yes, absolutely. That that will happen. Absolutely. So, uh, so yeah, this is uh, this. I don't. Maybe I, I would love to see it. It would be great. I would love to see, yeah, would love yeah. To see it. Of course. I and hope she's right. All of a sudden, you're just you're having Watson throw Yolo balls. You know right. I mean? like, right. Yeah. Uh, he does bring uh, what they that what they need. You know, a size guy, deep deep ball. I mean, he's dependable as as hell. He's coming off a fantastic gear. It would be great, right? So I think that. Uh, the second one here that they are linked to. I want to get your thoughts on this. Uh, so recently, now I don't know where this originated, but a couple people have aggregated it mm -hmm. that uh, Mike Williams is being linked to the Browns. Uh, now he's coming off an ACL, which will certainly knock that price down, right? Uh, you would think, don't you think? Yeah, no, it's, he's not going. He's not going to get Mike Evans' money. You know what I mean? No. That's that, that's a fact. No. Uh, do you like him? 
for the Browns. Would I have liked him four years ago? Yes. Today, I'm out. I'm out. You're man. not. You're out. Yeah, you're man. Not- yeah, the great value, Mike Evans here. I'm. I'm out, dude. I don't. He he's a guy who performs well when it's a contract year. Hmm. You know what I mean? He underperformed his first three years, and then it came to it contract year. He balls out. They pay him. He goes back to to being a whatever. You know what I mean? He's not a he's not a true difference maker in the way that he's been playing with Justin Herbert for Christ's sakes. He ain't been lighting the league on fire, and he's got a, I mean, arguable. I think Herbert's a top five quarterback. Hmm. You know, you could have arguments with that. I, I don't see it, man. I, look, if you're telling me, I, and you know where I stand on um, thirteen and uh, what's, his, what's his name, kid in Buffalo, everybody wants Gabe Davis. Yes, Pass. I'll take Gabe Davis over him, and I don't want I don't, Gabe Davis. I don't want. I don't want Gabe Davis. Davis. And I don't. That's how much I don't want Mike Mike Williams. People are. I see so much stuff about Gabe Davis because of Dorsey. I I I want nothing to do with Gabe Davis. He's hit or miss. He disappears for months at a time. You just described him. You just described Mike Williams. I I did. I know. It was an Achilles. Yeah, he's coming off off an Achilles. It's not great. It's not a great option. I mean, I I, if you could get him cheap and take a flyer on him, yeah, yeah. Yeah, is he going to sign a prove it, though? I doubt it. I doubt Maybe. he signs a prove it. Maybe. He's coming off an ACL. Here's the, here's the reason people are connecting the dots, because he played with Watson in college. Okay. I mean, I, I'm i out, though. I'm out of it. I don't... I, I told you who my guy is, who I think... Okay, so, first of all, I think, and Pete said this year, and I, and I agree with him, I think there are going to be guys that they can trade for uh, eventually. Like, somebody is going to want to get off of somebody's contract, right? But Mm -hmm. if not, my guy in free agency, you said it, OG Philly, you read my mind, is Calvin Ridley. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Now, I've gotten pushback on that. He's a head case. He's this, that, the other. Is he a head case? I, I mean, I don't. He got in trouble for gambling. I don't necessarily make think that makes him a head case. No, well, there was a season before the gambling where he basically sat out the year because he's having sat personal out. issues. We don't know what that is. It's speculation to say he's a head case. We don't know what he has going on. I, 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 I don't he like does. painting narratives on people, man. We don't, we don't know what he was doing. He does produce. He does produce. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that, uh, <laughs> Paul, um, yeah, I, I, Larry, I agree. I think that they will probably try to go the trade route first, right? Like, I just don't think there's anybody what he does. that fits perfectly or, or what they want, right? In, mm-hmm. in, in free agency. And the guys that do fit, the, the studs are going to get, um, tagged. Uh, you know, I think Pittman's going to get tagged. I think that, uh, or signed. And I think Higgins is going to get tagged or signed. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. so there goes your two elite guys. So best route then would be trade. So, uh, or Ridley, that's where I'm at. Um, now, but I do think you, you got to, like you said, to use your phrase, by hook or by crook, you need to find a wide receiver too, somewhere. Yes, yes, facts. 
That is facts. Or else you're doing a disservice to four, and mm-hmm. you're not giving him a chance to succeed the way he could. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's and and by that you strengthen your room because you have playable guys there, but you're asking them to do things that they're not equipped to do. You oh yeah, I mean? Uh, I mean if you look at the depth chart right now, it looks all out of whack. It looks terrible right mm-hmm. now on the surface. Yeah. So, um, and, and I hate to say this, and I love Coop, but I don't know how many years he's going to do what he just did, right? So yeah, um, I think yeah, and I still expect be, an extension this year. I just to lessen the cap so do I. on down the road. Yeah. But, you know, we're, we fast forward two years. I doubt he's on the team. Yeah, I, I think they will too. I think you kind of have to um, because of how good he's been and you hope he can do it again. Or if not, somebody else takes the one role and he slides into your two. But, like, I don't think you can depend on Cedric Tillman to fill that two role or anything like that. Like, now... You know, if he does it, that's great. And then you're gonna you're loaded, and you can adjust accordingly. But you need to find a, even if it's a rental for a year. Yeah, I'm in. You got to find somebody that that can fill that spot and draft somebody, right? Yes, yes. See, my white whale is the same that it's been. My guy is in San Francisco, and he's not happy. I want Brandon Ayuk, and I've wanted him Ayuk, for months. I want him too. That would be amazing. That's the guy, man. Right? He's, he's unhappy. They're not going to sign the long-term contract because they're going to give a bag to Debo. You know, so he's his fifth, year, his fifth year is coming up now. He's already got his fifth-year option. That's what he's staring at. He's not happy. They're not going to make a deal. They're not going to want to get nothing for him. Make that phone call, man. Make that I agree. phone call. He was on my list uh of trade candidates, Ayuk. There's a number of guys now. There are a lot of trendy names out there right now yeah. that, that could be on the block. Now, I think there's going to be other guys that shake loose yeah, when, probably. when teams get into what's what. Uh, what do you, To Charlie's point, he says Ayuk will cost a lot. What do you think Ayuk yeah. would cost? Yeah. I don't know what he would cost. I'm, you, you sign him for a four-year deal. You know, and but you may you do what you do with every contract. That first year, it's not a it's not a big cap hit. Do, and I, you think gonna, that. I think they're going to want a one for him. I doubt it. I doubt it, man. I think you could, if you wanted to, you could do what you did last year. I think. I think you could give up fifty four and an asset and a conditional if he does something. Okay. Um, what I look at is the contract because he wants paid long term. You know, yeah. like so you there's there's a chance you go get a guy like him. It could be a one year rental, but the way they structure con- contracts, they could give him the bag structured the way they normally do. That first year is a nothing burger on the cap. By the time he starts to cost you something, you've already phased out a coop, and that yeah. just slides over into that slot. Yeah. And he's a one. You know what I mean? Like the kid's a one in re- reality. He'd be no. a high end two. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, he's an absolute beast. I I love yeah. him. I would love to have him, and I would sign him to a long term deal in a second. That's not even the question. And they can they can they can do it in a way that makes it work too, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a question of how do you get it? Like to their point, trade cost. Because uh, I think San Francisco thinks. Okay, if we re-sign Debo, we can get a one for Ayuk and flip that into our new receiver in the draft. 
Good luck. Whether I, whether I, that's I reality or not, I, <laughs> I don't know. I don't yeah. know, but I mean, don't you think somebody? Do you think I think somebody might give up a one for him? Maybe not. I don't think he says. Here's the thing: he isn't as proven as I, the skills that I see, though. He's, he's not a household name. We're not talking about one of those guys. <laughs> he's you know, he, tough, he should he be? Yes, he should. Yeah, but we're talking about a guy who had three catches in the Super Bowl and was heated afterwards. You know, if if he was a household name, maybe, but he's not. He's he's got top notch skills. That kid's a, a one in the league. How about Terry McLaurin? I could be talked into that. I I I put McLaurin in the same basket as a Calvin Ridley. I think that's the same, a similar tier type player. Kid's um, been on bad offenses and still produces. That's hard to do. Love Terry McLaurin. I would take him in a second. I just don't know what. Is he going to be a trade on the trade block? Who knows? New regime. That, that that's an unknown factor. You got a new new, new regime, regime rebuilding. Yeah, we, don't, we don't know. Yeah, yeah. Paul, that uh, you know, Paul saying Pete and Jake said that he's going to cost a one. I, I mean, I think that's what speculation is right now. But I think when you, we'll see. Receivers very you, rarely cost ones, man. You can. I don't think you can nail that down as fact right now. Um, yeah. I, I think that that's what they want to get for him. Yeah, and I wish him luck in that. But you know, if you come to the bargaining table with a, a two and some conditional stuff, yeah. you never know, man. And I would definitely take Brandon Ayuk, even if it is for a year. It'd be a hell of a year, Brad. Oh, I look at another player in Philadelphia, and AJ Brown, who's pretty disgruntled right now. Yeah, lost uh, to shake him loose. I mean, Devontae Adams is wants out potentially. Um, who else? What would what would you would you entertain Cortland Sutton? Entertain, yeah. No, your room doesn't get worse, you know. And I think he's a bona fide. He could be a, a solid too. What about Jerry Judy? Jerry, I'm they're going to want They're going to want to keep Sutton and move Judy. I yeah, think I'm not. I'm not sold on Judy. I'm, that's. That's never been someone I've been interested in. I know he's been talked about a lot. I don't know. I don't I don't see it with him the way I do some other players. Okay. Uh well, Chris is asking about um Greg Newsom. Which we've talked about. Yeah. And want to hit on here real quickly. Um so Newsom All right, let me give you my thoughts. They spent a first-round pick on him, okay? Here's his contract. They spent a first-round pick on him, and he played really well his rookie year, right? Then agreed to move into the slot, which is the, which is the dumbest thing that his agent could have ever done and deserved to get fired when he did fire his agent, right? Because as an agent, if you let your first-round cornerback play like a stud like he did his rookie year and then let that team move him into the nickel, you just cost him exponential millions of dollars and... Uh, you just totally changed what he does, right? Uh, oh, yeah. 
I had Quincy Carrier on the show one time, and he made a great point about slot cornerbacks. He said slot cornerbacks are not first, second round, third round draft picks. They are fifth, sixth, seventh round draft picks and undrafted guys that have to be physical and have to learn how to play that way Mm -hmm. to stay on a 53. They have to do the dirty work. Right. Yes. Now I think it's changing a little bit because I was going to say that over time you're going to see that change because it of the way changing. offenses attack defenses. Because you know, now you're seeing offenses move their best wide receivers into the nickel and and and. Yep. Let's say, okay, if you recall, Greg Newsom complained, said no on social media. I'm not playing in the nickel. But Jim Schwartz came to town and said, "Listen, we're not doing it the same way that." Joe Woods did. He complained that he said that he uh, felt like a linebacker, and mm-hmm. uh, more, which is true for a lot of nickel cornerbacks, yeah, right? Part of the gig. You, yeah. You've got to be able to 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 play run fits, right? And and he though under Jim Schwartz was given less of a run responsibility, right, and uh, more freedom, and it. I think he played well this year. However, when it comes time to pay him his fifth-year option, it'll be a... Hold on. I'm making sure I get the numbers right. His fifth-year option, which they have to make a decision on by May 2nd, by the way. by, By May 2nd, they have to decide... Whether they're going to pay him twelve point eight five million for the twenty twenty five season, so as you can see above here, the twenty four season he's set to make whatever four million or whatever, right? And then uh, in the twenty twenty five season, he would make twelve point eight five on the fifth year deal, right? So. I said that right, right? Yeah. Okay. It's a ton for a slot, brother. That's way too much money to play somebody in the nickel. So I think you move him now. Because I think you move him now to get Cam Mitchell on the field. That's how I feel. And you probably draft another corner too. You're going to draft a corner every year. I like Cam Mitchell. I think he can do just as good a job as Newsom can in there. Um, the the one thing that now I think Cam showed this versatility as well, though, that I think he can play out and in too if you need him to. Like if you get real banged up, I think he can do both. Now Newsom has proven that he can do both, which makes him a little more valuable. Mm-hmm. Like somebody could take him on as an outside corner. I think he might do okay for somebody, yeah, yeah. right? What he did but his rookie like, year, brother. Yeah, like, but I don't see him with a future here. No, they drafted Martin Emerson, and Emerson's the dude. Emerson is the guy, right? That's, that, that that killed Newsom's ability to ever go outside. Yeah, um, you you can't pay a slot that much. So I'm, I've been with you. I've been saying this for a while. Like we, we talk we, about trades, I'm packaging him and trying to get somebody, man. Trying to get a like, wide receiver out of it, yeah. Shit, look, look at Philly. Yeah, they need corners bad, and you have a good working relationship. Yeah, package Newsom, 
in a pick and go go get AJ Brown. Go go make a move that way. That's that's the move. Uh, Manimal asking, what is his draft value? What do you think he requires in a draft uh, in a draft pick? A straight up third, a third or second, maybe. I don't think he get a second. I've, Probably maybe a third. I'm, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and it's not that's crazy too because he's not played bad, but he's you know you got usurped by a third round he's, rookie. He's been very good. That happened. And I just, yeah, I just don't think that. I just think that Cam Mitchell showed enough for me to do the same thing that he did for you. For way cheaper. For way cheaper. For and three more so years. So much on less chirping. Yes. So much less celebrating. Uh, and yeah, the dancing, which I know Schwartz wants and he likes, mm-hmm. but like. The dancing makes people think he's better than he really is. I'm not trying to be old man yell at the cloud. I'm all for celebrations when you earn them. All for it. But when the quarterback overthrows the receiver and you celebrate like you did, did something, that pisses me off. Agreed. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, earn him, dude. Like, I was so pumped for him when he got that pick six in, in Baltimore. Oh, and I was like, what, all right, man. You know, like, Yeah. But, I, I like Greg. I, I don't have anything against Greg. I just think that... I just his value isn't gonna work here. Like, are you gonna move on from Emerson when it's time? You're not, never. right? No. Never. I, so I'm that he's got him go. around for as long as he's I possibly gotta go. can, and that's he's it. A, it's math. Emerson baby. is a dog and a leader, and he is a part of this team for the next ten years. If I can do anything, have any any say about it, right? So, in that case, Newsom, see you later. All right, and so and to your guys' point in the chat, I do think he does probably bring your best. He he brings some value to the bargaining table for you. Yes, one hundred percent. Yeah, uh, you you got to. Uh, um, oh, interesting! Breaking news. I wish I had a sound effect. I, I got to get my soundboard going. Uh, need a sound effect for breaking news. Stories out there about Greg Newsom and a lot of partying. Interesting. Greg likes to Let's get keep down. that on the hush until he's out of town. Let's just keep Greg, that keep that on the low until Greg, he's somewhere else, and then they can, they can deal Greg with it. Greg likes to get down. All right. I have no idea what, what, do you know what this, is that German? I don't know, I'm trying to read it backwards to see if it means something, I have no, I got, you got me. Larry, let me know, what, what does that mean? I have no idea, I just made that up. Tourette's, yep. Selective Tourette's. Chat, uh, Typing Tourette's. Who is the guy that got robbed with Winfrey? Who got robbed with Perry on Winfrey? I don't know, but I do Alex, know that someone Alex took Wright. off. Alex Wright. Was it Alex Wright? Wasn't it? I don't know. I can't remember. I know they took off. Newsom. Maybe it was Newsom. I think you're right. Good call. Good snag. Keith says it was Newsom. It might have been Newsom. It, yeah, we're getting we're getting confirmation from the chat that it was Newsom. 
All right. As we proceed to give you what you need uh, here on All Eyes on Cleveland, my name is Brad Ward. That is Casey Kinnaman, off-season Case, a.k.a. Case Dog. Uh, as we go over the hour mark here, we'll start to wind things down, but we've got a couple more things to hit on. You mentioned Nick Chubb earlier. There is, okay, once again, talking about uh, aggregation, which can be good and can be terrible. So uh, let me read this to you. This is everywhere. So whoever chose to phrase it this way, it's insane. But somebody took uh, this quote from Dan Graziano. And if you search Nick Chubb right now, breaking news or news, it's like Browns get bad news about Chubb. Bad news about Nick. Like, I just searched it before the show, and I was like, what the hell is this, right? But it, it's not real, so it's okay. But this is what, <laughs> this is the quote that they're running with. Uh Okay. Unfortunately, uh, this may be the case, as noted by Dan Graziano, NFL insider for ESPN. Here's what he had to say about the possibility of the Browns moving on from Chubb, okay? Yes, he's an extension, quote, yes, he's an extension candidate, but he's also a potential cap casualty. Either way, Chubb should be the latest bellwether of the frustrating running back market. That quote is means nothing. Yeah, it's a nothing burger. Like you're saying both sides he could be a cab casualty or he's an extension candidate. Well, great call. Why why is everybody taking that and running that with that as bad news? That that means nothing to me. I don't think the Browns have any intentions to move off a of chub. Um I don't know what zero. Yeah, I I think that they will rework a deal. And everything will be fine, and he'll be back. I don't. Do you know what his expected timeline is for return? Uh, no, I do know that, that it was from the second surgery, the one that he had uh, after the Pittsburgh thing, when he came out with a mask on. He had had another surgery, and they they had to do the, the second one to go in, and they were saying uh, seven months from then, which still put it at like beginning of August. Um. Dude, if, if there's any human being who's – I'm not worried about Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb's doing the work, I promise you. If anything, they're slowing him down. You right. don't have to put the reins on him to not make him push himself too hard too early. You know, like – You want to – carries before when he was fully healthy. They're going to do it. Yeah, you don't and, – and I think in pizza this season, you don't need him even at the beginning of the season. No. Make sure he's 100%. Make sure he's all the way back. Make sure you're getting the best Nick Chubb you can. Even if it's 90% of what it used to be, it's still going to be better than most. And and if you can get him for the second half of the season or even late in the season or a playoff run, whatever it takes, you know, do it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, they will do right by him, in my opinion. They will restructure. You know, Chubb's not an idiot. He's going to restructure. And once again, in these situations, unfortunately, the team that's going to give you the most value if you're Nick Chubb is the team that you're already with. Yes. Nobody else is going to pay him more than what the Browns offer him at a discounted rate. Especially sight unseen coming off that injury. No one's blindly taking that. 
Correct. And the Browns have an inside track on his rehab because he's under contract. Um, Keith Nash saying, once again, everyone thinks the Browns... So I'm going to say this again. This is a misnomer. Do not believe it. The Browns will have plenty of cap space. They'll have plenty of cap space come free agency. Okay? they. I mean... Like we had, we played a video the other night on React where this guy was talking about how the Browns weren't going to have enough money to sign uh, their draft class. That's absurd. They will have close to thirty million dollars to spend in free agency after the restructures. They will have plenty of money to do this. They have planned this out. They know exactly what they're doing. Uh, this is not crept up on them. They will have plenty of cap space. They to add players dude we'll be sitting here in june and there'll be a graph and they'll be in the top five in money to spend still yes agreed that's this is how it's going to go and and anyone who doesn't pay attention dude jack duffin (laughs) you couldn't do better work because haslam is so cash fluid they are they're so ahead of the game in this they are. Their ability they, to free up money because at any time they can say, okay, we owe you this. We're still going to pay it to you, but we're going to make this a signing bonus and you get the money now, but it lessens the cap. They're going to they're keep doing that because they can. They're spending more than anybody else in the NFL on their roster every year, but staying under the cap well enough to to navigate and get better every offseason. Um and if you have, if you want to, I suggest you go follow Jack Duffin and read some of those articles because he'll show you. He breaks it down how it's sustainable for year over year with the way that they're operating. And as long as the the Haslam's continue to let them use their liqu- liquidity uh, as an asset, they will continue to operate at this in this way. And the only other thing that could slow this down is if the cap, for whatever reason, were to not increase the way that they project that it's going to. And I don't know if you're noticing the NFL prints money. That cap's not going down, and it's not staying flat. It's going to rise year over year. Yeah, I mean, it's collectively bargained. And and, and right now the NFL is doing better than it ever has. $124 million watched the Super Bowl. Um, <laughs> like... It's insane, right? So yeah. uh, they they've built a now they've built an off season structure that over, has overtaken the NBA, where the NFL is year round now, right? You literally yeah. go from Super Bowl straight to combine to free agency to draft. It's just it, the coverage never stops, and 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 uh, the news never stops, and uh, yeah. The draft will do better ratings than the World Series. For sure. Full stop. Yeah. And that's insane. Uh, They're talking about draft. So where do you want to... We talked about this real quickly. We'll hit on running back real quick. Uh, Some of the chat mentioning... uh, Chris mentioning they need to draft a running back. I think you need to draft one. uh, Or at least maybe sign a... a Like a retread. Maybe a former high draft pick that... like. Somebody that that can challenge Ford. Like I, I don't want to just no. hand him the job. No. Somebody needs to challenge him. 
Well, I can I'm, I can hit you right now with one. I'm starting the agenda for it, and it's Zach Moss. Or DeAndre Swift. Swift worries me because I know that he didn't get along great with Deuce during the hard knock stuff they were showing when they were both in Detroit. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Maybe they, well, they were both in Philly, too, season. right? Uh, no, Deuce went to Carolina when he was in Philly. Interesting. Yeah, Deuce started in Philly, went to Detroit, and then to Carolina. But, uh, yeah, they weren't. That was hard knocks too. It's training camp, you know. Who knows? He was he. I don't know what Swift wasn't doing that Deuce wanted him to do, but you could tell he was fed up with him. Uh, but who knows how that relationship ended? But I'm Zach. I'm Team Zach Moss right now. Uh, for this is one. This was a miss for me. Last year was the year to draft a running back. There were the, that draft was so damn deep. You're getting dudes on on late day three that were players. You had you know you had Mitchell in Baltimore. Dude went undrafted. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there were their guys through that whole draft. I like Ray Davis out of Kentucky. Um, there's a couple names I like. I just think that those guys are going to be late day two, and I don't think the I think the Browns would be get better value elsewhere. I would rather go free agent this year. You're right, Philly. That's exactly kind of what I was saying earlier. Is that there is a world where he doesn't play until the second half of the season. Mm-hmm. Um. Because you aren't going to rush him back. You're going to make sure he's 100%. Yeah. And so you absolutely need to provide some, whether it be through the draft or uh, a Zach Moss, to your point, or whatever you come up with, but you need to provide some sort of, and, and I think it's okay to keep Pierre strong on the roster. I like Pierre. Um, but I think you need to add another uh, bell cow ish back that you can uh, mm-hmm. have to compete with Jerome for or you know he can win the starting job and Jerome can back him up or vice versa until Chubb is back. Yeah, Zach Moss, Devin Singletary, or you waste you go higher on the draft and and get a Braylon Allen, <clears throat> um, yeah. Audric Estime. You, you you know what I mean? There's there's. There are some guys in the draft that I'm cool with, but I do think you're going to have to use that. It's going to be a day two pick, you know, round three more likely. So my only, yeah. So my only re- agreed. Uh, so my only reason for kind of bringing this up though is just to alert everyone that when you see these NFL rumors, Cleveland Browns may shock everyone and cut running back Nick Chubb. Here's the quote once again: Yes, he's an extension candidate, but he's also a potential cap casualty. From Dan Graziano speaking out of both sides of his mouth, uh, it, that's not newsworthy. That is just not a newsworthy bets. quote. That's all he's hedging bets is always doing. That is not. That is not a newsworthy quote. So the aggregation that follows that makes it seem like the Browns are gloom and doom. Once again, please ignore uh, the same thing with the cap uh, nonsense that you're seeing out there. It'd be it's different a, if this was the first year of the regime, and we're like, oh, they're over the cap. False you have rhetoric. not been paying attention. You know what I mean? This is yeah. This is business as usual. All right. Uh, so I saw also somewhere, uh, I think it was a, I'm, I don't know off the top of my head, a blurb on the safety position. Delbit and Thornhill will be back, right? Uh, yes. McLeod has expressed interest in coming back. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would love to have him back, uh, you know, pending his health. But Hickman, I thought, you know, was a great find and steal, came on strong. 
played poorly in the playoff game, but I saw recent blurbs that made him sound like an absolute scrub and that they shouldn't mm-hmm. run him out on the field next year. I think he's fine to be your third safety if you want to roll that way, don't you? Yeah, he's fine. A backup free. He's my backup free. If Thorn something happens to Thornhill, I slide Hickman in. And I don't. I don't think twice. Thank you again then, for the gifted subs in chat. You guys are amazing. And this is a full disclaimer, man. This is me, this is me coming coming clean with you. Going into the draft, I was out on Hickman. I I didn't see these coverage abilities in high school. I watched him get toasted at the Senior Bowl. He played well enough to earn the trust. You know what I mean? Like I I think that also needs to be a, a lesson. Yeah. You can have a take. Don't die with your take, man. If new information presents itself, feel free to change your take. That kid proved to me he can play. I, he's a free yeah. safety in the league. Like I have no qualms about him being the backup free. Agree. And Bell's my backup strong. Like I, I feel good about the depth because of what those two shown when they were forced into action. Dude, it, they the came in and played good. great. They came Damn in together and played great for weeks. Yeah. Now, he had a tough game in the playoff game. But that's yeah. not a reason to write a guy off as a UDFA rookie. It's absurd. Yeah, absolutely. Great point. Um, yeah, Charlie says safety is literally our stress-free position. I would agree. All and right. Going into the year, I was worried about the depth. And those kids played so well that that, that is not a concern of mine now. Y- yes, agreed. Proved it. Surprised us. Like both of them. Keep them around. Um, all right. Recent other rumors or, you know, linking the Browns uh, to mm-hmm. Hassan Reddick. Mm-hmm. There's there's no real... Let me just be clear about this. There's no, there's no real report here that the Browns have shown any interest in him. This is just people speculating that the Browns might be interested in an edge rusher to replace Darius Smith uh, if that was the way it went down. Now, Reddick is going to, because the Eagles want to move off his deal, which is $14.5 million, uh, and they would eat some dead money there probably too. Um, here's my thing, right? And, and I said this the other night. Zedarius Smith did everything that I want him to do as an edge Despite his low sack total, it doesn't mean anything to me. He plays the interior well. He plays the edge well. He play. He's a perfect complement to Miles Garrett. Um, and he only put up five and a half sacks after putting up ten and twelve and thirteen most of his career. Now he cost you ten and a half million dollars coming off of a, a, a double digit sack season. Uh, he probably doesn't cost you that much this year right you could probably get him back for seven or eight is my thought at age 32 i would much rather do that than go get a guy in hassan reddick who while he's very athletic i think is can be compared very much plays the same role as uh okoronkwo and reddick makes what 14.5 okoronkwo is going to make 3.6 i believe yeah yeah, so I'm a pa- I'm a hard pass on this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we, when the way when you said it is like to replace Zedarius Smith, he's not a replacement for Zedarius Smith. The he's, things that Zedarius Smith does, he's not going to be able to do. That. He can rush the passer. Yes, that's not the only thing your defensive end does. That's for damn sure the only thing Zedarius did. Um, I like where the edge room is because of what the young talent has shown. I like I like Alex Wright a good deal. 
Uh, I think that he's going to be a very good backup in this league and can spot start for you if someone gets hurt. I'm of the mindset, obviously the board's everything in the draft. There are a couple guys that if they fall, you got to make the move, you know, because eventually you got to stop renting the guy opposite other than Miles because you got to pay Miles. And if they, they keep getting this trope where they have to rent a guy for a year or two, and we're doing the same, same thing every offseason. If there's a guy in the draft that you can get to be that that Robin to the Batman, you know what I mean? I think, yeah. I think you owe it to your organization to do it and get cheaper in the process. Um, Zadarius isn't going to rush back to the table. No. We're not going to He's know gonna before make the draft. He's going to make you wait. Right. Yes. Facts. So I'm letting the board dictate, but if, if the board – falls a certain way and and Braylon Trice from Washington is there in the 50s. I'd even trade up to get him. I think that that could be a full-time starter opposite of Miles. I like the depth like Ogbo in his role. I like I like Wright as a, a situational starter slash backup. You know, but you're not in a in a, a place of need. You know what I mean? Like and I love Z. If you can get Z for 8, I think that's, I think that's a great value for what he does. Yeah, uh, you know, if he does play the long game, these guys that do play the long game, it only hurts their value. Mm-hmm. Right? You wait a long time because you're waiting for a market to develop. It, it it tends to usually cost you money more than it makes you money, right? Yeah, yeah, unless unless there's a, an injury or something that forces a team Correct. to in desperation mode. And you don't want to be bargaining that way. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's not to move. Teams will try to insulate themselves. Like, like I said, he, him, the way Clowney operates, the way Sue, all these guys who wait, the draft happens, free agency happens, waves of free agency happen. And all of a sudden you might not be ne- necessary. Chris said, Z is going to want 12 million. Chris, he only got 11 this year. And he only got five and a half sacks. And you know that that's going to matter despite it doesn't matter to me because he, to me, he did everything that we, we need him to be. So, but I can't imagine him commanding 12 million at age 32. Can you? Yeah. You're older. That's the other thing too, is a year older. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm with you. I think eight's, I think eight's fair. Maybe, maybe 10 again at the most 12. That seems wild. I don't know. Maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe a market develops for him, but he was more likely to make that 12 coming off of a year where he had 11 sacks like the year before, and the Browns got him for 10 and a half. So that's just my thought. Uh, Mark Jones says, uh, and this has nothing to do with this, uh, the Browns need more speed on offense, especially on the outside. Mark, I could not agree with you more. They 100% need more speed uh, on the outside. Have to have to have it. Got to have somebody that can take the top off. Don't have it now. Need it, though, right? And Cooper's your deep threat. And that's not his bag. That's not his calling card. He can do it, but it's usually off double moves. You know, it's it's not just a straight straight blaze off the line. Um, they've taken swings at it, man. And you know that's all you can do. Like Dave Bacon brought it up today, and he was 
if you look at the Browns wide receiver drafting history since 2010, it is bleak. Man. It's, it's like put you on suicide watch bleak. Um, but you got to keep swinging the ax, man. You just got to keep doing it. You know, keep drafting guys. They haven't, this regime has not drafted a receiver before the third, the third round. No, the Goodwin experiment is over. Yeah. For me. Yeah, but you can just go run another guy and run that experiment back. Some cheap yeah. guy who's going to play 15 snaps a game, let it let it rip. But that can't be you they gotta keep drafting, man. You gotta keep drafting. Curtis Samuel. Anybody? I don't see him as that guy. He's not he's not yeah, he's not a downfield guy, is he? No. He's kind of a horizontal guy. So but uh I think though to your point though you can find a deep threat speed threat either via the draft if you mm -hmm. want to go that way or um like if you're going to address your your number 2 wide receiver which you have to get right uh via trade or whatever priority one with that sec the either the draft pick or your tertiary phase of free agency i think you address a speed option not good one but a similar player to that yeah. that will that can at least make you Total. fear taking the top off yeah. the the thing with me is watson excels at the deep ball and he did well last time we saw him throw him consistently he did yeah, so, uh, but, but I think that you got to provide him with a long ball threat. Yeah, yeah. Or That's else also tantalizing again, in the spring when him and Goodwin were hooking up. It's like, okay, you yeah. know, and, and it just never came to fruition. Well, when they I never, when I watched, they never really had a chance to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, when I think back to Watson, his most successful, his most dynamic, uh, it was Will Fuller was what did it. Yeah, you know, he was the number one threat on the team. DeAndre Hopkins was, but, but he's it was just fuller. a straight burner. Yes, you can go get that. That will, you know, not granted they spent a first round pick on Will Fuller. You can get that type of player without yeah. using a first. I look at Xavier Worthy out of Texas. That that is a player I would keep my eye on if he's available fifty four. That's that's a guy who can do exactly that. Yeah, it's a good call. It's a good call. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we appreciate you being here to watch uh, another edition of All Eyes on Cleveland. Thank you all for participating. Great participation from the chat tonight. Got everybody involved here and uh, uh, got everybody in the mix. Isn't Tillman supposed to be fast? Eh, he's more of a big body possession guy, right? Not possession. He had, he's got good straight line stuff, but I mean, we're like we're talking about low four fives. Yeah, we're talking he's about not a somebody burner. that just he's just not a burner. Run he's a big frame everybody. down the field who can get vertical. I, yeah. I would say that you you can hit big chunk plays with. Think DPJ. DPJ was not a burner. He had top end speed, but a good straight line guy who can do damage down the field. Not going to pull away from you though. Michael, salute back at you, man. Thank you guys all for watching. All eyes on Cleveland. Yeah, somebody would somebody you know sub four four speed, right? Yeah, yeah. Some four, four. legit, legit got a shade of safety over speed, and that 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 frees everything else up, right? So, hey, Chris, kid, 
saw you just slide in here at the last minute. I'm sure you'll watch. Uh, Charlie, Larry, everybody that has contributed, uh, OG Philly, uh, Kevin, uh, Broken Arrow, everybody that has contributed. You guys are all fantastic. The other Kevin, uh, you know, this is the best chat in all the world right here. Case. Smart football people uh in uh in this chat and uh we appreciate your contribution to the show somebody else very smart with football his name is casey kinnaman read him at dog pound daily follow him on twitter at casey underscore kinnaman co-host of the barking browns podcast the uh network 216 co-host of off the leash at the psf app which you can download at ios and uh your uh, Google Play Store, depending on which kind of mobile device you have. Uh, And with that, we are going to get out of here. Appreciate you all for joining us on All Eyes on Cleveland. Stay locked in with the OBR Network nightly. Hit like or subscribe on your way out. Tell a friend. Gather them, spread the word to the masses to join us here on Thursday nights at All Eyes on Cleveland and every other night here on the OBR Streaming Network. For everybody at the OBR, my name is Brad Ward. That is KC Kinnaman, a.k.a. Offseason Case. 